The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yes, it is that time indeed. It is uh, 11.05. Good morning. Good Saturday morning here. Pinpoint Health Show. We are ready to rock and roll. It's, uh, you know, the number 416-870-6400. You have health concerns, maybe something COVID-related, maybe you're going back to work, maybe you just got some aches and pains. You know what? Get some answers. Don't uh, don't ponder it. Don't go to Google Med School. Get uh, call, call the source right here, 416-870-6400. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou on your own time. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. And don't miss an episode of The Lou Down, the long-form podcast, which is Yielding some great stuff, pal. How are you? The uh, how are you this morning? Hey, Johnny, I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I'm all right. I'm all right. Loving it. Loving great. it. What do we got? Great to hear. So, big thing. I'd love to have. I'd lo- you know, my favorite part of this show is the calls. So, yep. Um, I, you know, I know you've already encouraged the listeners, but I'm. I'd also like to reiterate that and encourage uh, the listeners to call in with any of their potential health problems. If it's you know, I'm. I'm. It may not be something. I'm necessarily an expert in or is in my scope of practice per se with what I deal with, but I can definitely help point people in the right direction. And I mean, if the question is anything to do with pain, uh, generalized pain, injury problems, uh, muscle aches and pains, anything like that related to the human body and function, that is definitely where my expertise is um, and my scope of practice. And I'm happy to help uh, point people in the right direction. And I think sort of you know, the, the one thing that I've noticed in the last little bit, and, and I've sort of been uh, alluding to this over the last few weeks, is healthcare starting to wake up again. Um, yeah. it, it was really put on pause, which is, you know, I think at some point we'll have to reconsider as a society um, if something like this happens again, uh, is that the right thing to do? It's pretty interesting. I, you know, one thing that going through school we always used to be told and taught was that um, getting into the healthcare sector is sort of like a recession-proof type of sector. Um, and, and now I've said that, ironically, it's only that case when it's not due to a health problem. Um, right, no kidding. The, yeah. the minute it was due to a health issue, the whole system uh, sort of shut down, which, again, you know, yeah. I, I get it. I get why it happened, and, and I'm not – this is not a critique, right? It's, it, but I think, like anything in life – we have to reflect and and learn because I don't think we can do that going forward. And I'm still seeing a lot of the repercussions of that now, a lot of surgeries that still haven't been resumed, a lot of elective types of procedures and regular care, still hearing from a lot of people that their family doctors uh, are not really able to see them. I I have one patient um, who uh, I was speaking with the other day on and, and just sort of talking with them about something else. And he mentioned that he's got this ongoing hearing issue where, you know, periodically throughout the year, he has to get his ears flushed and that helps incredibly well. Um, and he, and he hasn't been able to do that. Um, because the family doctor, uh, isn't seeing anybody in the office. And so this is, you know, again, this isn't life threatening, right? But, it is something that matters towards this person's quality of life. And hearing is a pretty important thing, right? So I think it's sort of, um, you know, there's problems here. I think when these t- types of little things are getting deferred, because even if we take something like that as an example, right, and you defer that long enough, could that lead to a more serious problem, a more serious hearing problem? I don't know, right? I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it does. I'm also not an expert in hearing. Um, but I, I, I just stop and think, even with the musculoskeletal issues where I am an expert, these little things, if you delay them and delay them, I mean, we've spoken about this at great length over, you know, almost five years of this show, 
that these things then eventually become chronic. When they become chronic, there's a whole other sequelae of problems that go along with that. So, you know, health problems really do happen on sort of a ladder type of effect where things grow on top of the previous step. And, and, yeah. if, and, and, and we have to really make sure that we're intervening early enough. And I'm sort of worried about this, this period of time that we're going through where people have really, um, you know, a lot of these things have been put on hold. It's, it's, a, it's a, a scary thing potentially, and I, I'm sort of worried about it going forward. Well, I think once we're we're through more of this, and there is hopefully in the near future a vaccine, and this thing becomes a little more hand, manageable, and people get back to regular life, there's going to be a lot of looking back, a lot of uh, you know hindsight, a lot of reflection for sure. I mean, I in the so. extreme case, like I mentioned last week, a friend of my wife's who works, she she couldn't get yeah. a, a surgery in time for her cancer, and she passed away two weeks ago. Yeah, because, horrible. And horrible. you know, maybe that surgery would have saved her life. We don't know. It, it's probably fairly certain it would have, but it couldn't get done. I don't think that can happen again. I don't think. You know, that was a bit extreme. But uh, Marlon, I see you there. We are going to take our first little break here, give you some time to uh, to get the phone lines set up and uh, give us your call. Think about what you want to ask. Bring it on, though. That's why Dr. Lou is here. It's 416-870-6400. It is live show. It is 1110. We're getting right to it and warmed up. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.13. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday. Right here at Pinpoint Health Show, you'll want to reach out 416-870-6400. Of course, a live show on Saturday. Answering your calls is what we do. Marlon, thanks uh, so much for hanging on through the break. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Sure, go ahead. I'm just trying to get some information from Dr. Lou. Um, sure. I was diagnosed with um, arthritis, and not not specifically um, in which type of arthritis. I was just told it's arthritis after um, visiting my doctor a number of times, complaining which he had early, earlier diagnosed as carpal tunnel. Uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm in construction. I'm a home builder. I'm on the tools. Pretty much uh, 365 days a year. That's what I love to do. I love okay. to be in the outdoors. I'm an active person yeah. that way. But, you know, as I get older, I'm 56. I, you know, the aches and pains. But lately, uh, the last couple of years has been more uh, more pain than, than anything else. Right. And it's been difficult for me to um, to swing a hammer for the length of time that I used to. Okay. And my first episode I had about, uh, I'm going to say about uh, six months ago where I was trying to teach the young guys how to swing a hammer all day. Um, after that, I, I couldn't hold a, a, a milk carton. I couldn't pick right. one up. My, my, I lost all kind of strength, and and I have pain uh, basically pretty much okay. all the time, which I'm, I'm used to. Uh, yeah. But lately, uh, it's been pretty bad. I'm getting swelling in my joints. Uh, last week, I had, uh, I had uh, both elbows. I had this massive kind of swelling which looked like I, I had i had stuffed a couple of oranges underneath my elbows okay. uh, it only went down after and, taking something marlon can i ask you um your doctor who you i guess mentioned sort of uh, uh was dealing with this um what what type of test did they do to sort of come well, to this diagnosis they they sent me to uh he sent me to a nerve induction specialist uh, okay, good. Did a test, and I had gone through this years before. Uh, when I, 
I was uh, I was diagnosed with carpal tunnel about maybe I would say 15, 20 years ago, uh, right. and I stopped doing that kind of work, so it got better. And this time around, the uh, the nerve induction specialist said, no, this is nothing to do with your nerves. This is not nerve issue. Okay. This is and so outside of the nerve conduction, what other tests were done? Um, that's pretty much it. Okay. I, was, yeah. I was told. I was no, told no, no imaging like, like an x-ray or anything like that? No. Uh, yeah. So I, mean, I apologize. I apologize. No, he did. He did. The, the, when the nerve induction specialist told me that I... Um, that it was not it was not um, uh, an issue with carpal tunnel. He did send me to get some X-rays, and they did X-rays uh, of my of both my hands. And yeah. then about a week later, I got a phone call from the doctor's office. Uh, this is just before COVID started. Uh, that basically I had um, I had um, uh, arthritis, and it was just um, just a pain management thing that I would have to just. Uh, uh, kind of self-medicate okay. and, yeah. and find which which thing works for me. And sure, uh, so I'm, I'm not a big pill guy, so it's difficult for yeah. me to. I'm thinking I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. So <laughs> the one that's so, better, a better, a more relief for me somehow than than just to you know. Yeah. So I guess the you know the first thing number one is a lot of the times arthritis, which is an imaging like we look at an image and if we see that there's breakdown in a joint we often will say, well, that must be the cause of the problem. That may not always be the case. That, that's number one. And, and, and there's very good evidence um, in the literature to suggest that pain and degeneration of a joint don't always correlate. Um, so a lot of the times, even from a clinical standpoint, what I see is that a lot of the times what seems to be um, uh, a problem due to arthritis might also be an underlying functional issue. And so strengthening and, and doing different types of rehabilitation in that area can play a role. So there is absolutely probably other things that can be done to manage your pain. Um, I, I, again, it's pretty difficult over the phone to, um, you know, determine what that may be. This really requires the process of a proper investigation in terms of proper assessment. I, I, I'm hearing a little bit of holes in terms of how they got to the diagnosis. Um, and again, a lot of the times uh, when the issue, it's just sort of a simple thing to say, right? Because the reality is anybody that's over, you know, the age of 22 or 23 is going to have some breakdown in their joints. Um, and, and, if, and if every time we see an x-ray, we determine that the cause of the problem is, is the degeneration in the joint, then everybody has that problem because everybody's bodies break down. Now, it may very well be that the area that we're talking about with you has broken down more so, and that may be significant, but I'd have to take a look at that. It's not something that I could say for sure. But even if we do say, okay, fine, it is the arthritis, there are probably functional things that can be done to help manage your issue. And, and, and maybe medication does play a role in that, but it may not necessarily be the only thing. And it may be maybe, and you know, this is the thing about evidence-based medicine that people forget. There's three components. There's scientific literature, there's the clinician experience, but there's also what patients want. And if a patient doesn't want to do something, well, that's one of the components of, of, of evidence-informed uh, practice. So I think those three things, in your case, need to be taken into consideration to come up with what the best game plan is. I'll have someone give you a call um, after the show to maybe set up an assessment if you're interested. Marlon, appreciate that. Want to move on. Here is the number, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. I think we got time quickly to get uh, Andrew in here. Andrew, got about a minute before we break. You can hang on afterwards, but uh, go ahead. What's going on with you? 
Yeah, really, really quickly. I um, before COVID came down, I had uh, an appointment with my doctor. Sent me for an EKG. Uh, it came back that it was showing uh, an existence of a possible previous mild heart attack. He sent me for a stress test just before the COVID thing, and I passed the stress test with flying colors. The doctor said it could be possibly uh, a mistake on the test. I want to know how kind of prevalent that is in terms of having those kind of mistakes made in terms of recognizing uh, some type of uh, mild heart attack. And if it, it was a heart attack, is there anything other than an aspirin, which he said he prescribed, uh, which I can do to kind of uh, use as a preventative? Well, I, I think I think you need to see a cardiologist, right? If, if there's a concern that there was a heart attack of some sort and then they have to do further testing, whether that is to confirm it or not confirm it. Um, I'm not really sure how prevalent the mistake, that, that potential mistake may be. I'm not... I don't deal with in, in that realm of healthcare, so I'm not I'm not certain on that. But I would say, from a general perspective, um, you know, if, if that was me, I would definitely want to see a specialist like a cardiologist in this case. Uh, really get worked up well just to make sure, um, and then they'll also have the recommendations on how you prevent it. Because really, it's also about finding what the underlying issue is, right? Like. Is this some type of congenital problem? Is it coronary artery disease? What are the issues? And that will help in, in determining prevention. In general, right, like, and again, this is not specific to just you, but if we look at all-cause mortality, which means the likelihood of dying from anything like heart attack, cancer, all these things, we know, and the science is pretty clear, that, you know, a, 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 well, a, a life that is focused on a well-balanced diet, that uses mainly things that are not processed in a factory and combined with moderate physical activity of about 30 minutes, you know, about four to five times a week is shown to, to decrease the likelihood of all-cause mortality. So, you know, that's another thing to consider, but that's in general for everyone, for all things related to all-cause mortality. I would say in your scenario, the more important thing is see the specialists get everything worked up and just make sure that you're fine and then they'll have recommendations. Andrew, appreciate the call. We're going to let you go. Bill, Ryan, thanks for hanging on. Fellas, we will get to you right after a break. Do not go anywhere. And plenty of time for your call as well, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 1125 on this live edition, as always, here the Pinpoint Health Show. The number to call in, 416-870-6400. Talk to us. Bill, thank you so much for hanging on, fella. How are you this morning? I'm well. How about yourself, sir? Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time. What's going on? Okay. Um, I've been diagnosed uh, by having an electrocardiograph, and my co confirmation is atrial fibrillation. I'm wondering how I can solve the symptom problems and rather than going back to the source, the heart, all I want to do is uh, apparently put me on blood thinners. I can't see where that's going to do me any good down the road. Well, I mean, again, so I'm, I'm not a cardiologist, so this is definitely not my area of expertise, but, you know, going back and understanding health management, right? So, if you have, they've, they've obviously found that you have atrial fibrillation, which is an irregular heartbeat and oftentimes a rapid heartbeat that sort of happens um, out of nowhere when they, when they measure these things. Um, from my recollection around this stuff, there's a couple of risk factors for these things. And oftentimes 
it's related to a history of high blood pressure, obesity, alcohol use, any of those things in your history? Uh, no, I'm uh, relatively normal. Uh, okay. Normal in ways. Okay, so yeah, and, and I mean, atrial, like a lot of heart problems, there's also, um, you know, they, they can often be idiopathic, which means they just happen and or related to some type of congenital heart problem. Um, so I guess my, the, my short answer is I'm not really sure, you know, if there's anything else. I, I would think that whoever would have recommended that would have some reasoning behind as to why that would be the recommended treatment. Um, and I think if there's any concern around that, I would ask. But, I mean, it, I, my, my guess would be that there's obviously an indication that they're going with on how that may help. I'm not really sure what um, you're looking for in terms of not going to the heart. It's a problem with the heart, so they would have to treat the heart. I'm not, I'm not really sure what other option there would be. I see. Well, um, I just don't want to deal with the symptom situation. I figure that uh, there's what they call electrocardioversion, where they can make an adjustment and, and, and resume the normal rhythm. Again, potentially, this is definitely not the area that I deal with. Um, so, I, again, similar to the previous caller, I would see a cardiologist, um, get the full workup done, have the discussion with them on what the potential uh, management is and what options um, you're going to want and what options they think are best and then come to a decision together. That, that would be my recommendation around something like this. Bill, appreciate your time. Once again, thank you for, uh, for calling in. 416-870-6400 is the number. Ryan, you're up next. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, What's up, man? A, yeah, mine's more of a general question. So my mom's uh, 79, and she uh, – has been diagnosed with uh, moderate-onset uh, dementia. Uh, okay. They've arranged for a geriatric assessment, which includes an MRI, which has been scheduled for next week. And right. I'm a little concerned considering, you know, I know the MRI machine, it's a tight space, and, and I am just, just want to get your, your thoughts on how concerned I should be about bringing her into a hospital considering, I mean, to do an MRI considering the COVID-19 situation right now. Yeah, I mean, so in, in my experience and the colleagues that I have that work in hospitals, number one, hospitals are, have never been, had more, like, sort of time available, right? So, I mean, if people present to emergency rooms, they're being seen very quickly. They're actually operating at very low capacity. So, number one, there's less people there than there would generally be, um, is, is my first comment. Uh, my second comment is, you know, this is a hospital, right? This is the you know, the pinnacle of healthcare. they're going to do everything in their power um, to prevent any type of illness. They're set up the right way. So in general, I would say it's like anything, right? Like you've always got to weigh the risk and the benefits. And I think with your mom's case and getting the proper diagnosis, which will help with the proper treatment, there's a risk, there's, a, there's the pros and cons, right? So the only con that we can sort of, if we drew this out on a board, we'd say, well, the con is, is there's COVID and, you know, is there a chance you know, there's a chance everywhere, really, at the end of the day. Like, there's a chance when you see your mom, you may be asymptomatic and, and you pass it on to her. There's there's always going to be a chance. So I, I would say it's a very, I don't want to give you, like, you know, a yes and no or, or, or whatever, but I would say, in my opinion, purely, I, I think you're relatively safe, right, in terms of, of, of going to a hospital. They're taking the right precautions. It's also up to you guys to take the right precautions, wear a mask, 
uh, wear gloves, wash your hands, don't touch your face, like all of these other hygiene procedures, the clothes that you wear to the hospital, take them off immediately after, um, wash them, whatever it may be. So the, all of these precautionary things that you could take, I mean, the risk of COVID is not zero. We know that. And, and it's not zero anywhere anymore. And so really what we're doing every day is really that risk management, which means, okay, well, what can we do to mitigate that risk? And those are the things that you can do to mitigate it. But in general, hospitals are, are you know, this is, again, my opinion is the pinnacle of health. They're going to try everything um, to prevent these things. And even when we hear of these outbreaks, they're often contained in areas, right? Because that's the way hospitals are set up. Yeah. Ryan, appreciate the call. I hope that helps. So I wouldn't hesitate. I think basically is the moral of the story. Uh, get it done if you need it. 416-870-6400. Tom, Peter, I see you guys. Hang on. You're coming up next. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 11.33, still lots of time for you to call in, get some answers here. The Pinpoint Health Show reaching out afterwards, one 855 Lou info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the Lou Down is the long-form version of the podcast series, which is excellent as well. Make sure you catch that wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And you can do that uh, online on the website as well. But here now, 416-870-6400 is the way to call through. Tom, thank you for hanging on. Good morning. Hi, good morning, folks. Good morning. Uh, I'm calling because, um, uh, let's see, uh, I'm 69. Uh, I have uh, uh, a bit of an overweight problem, and I seem to have uh, a medical problem with my lower back, sort of where the uh, it joins, the buttocks joins the hip. I think what the medical textbooks call the, uh, uh, the medius. The, uh, the muscle, the glute medium? Yes, gluteus medius, okay. yes. Yeah, okay. And I've had it for some time. I Admittedly, I'm overweight and under-exercised, and I sort of wondered, uh, it's been ongoing, especially if I lift things up or, or go for extended walks. So I sort of wondered uh, what can be done to alleviate the situation. Okay. So one of the things that I do in clinical practice, and I'll do it with you because I think it'll be good um, sort of just to think about this. You've said some things there on why you think you have a source of a problem. So my question that I'm going to ask you is what do you think could be done about your low back, just based on what you think the problem is? Uh, I engage a physio, and I do uh, weekly exercises. Right. Okay. And then what about have you tried getting the weight under control that you've mentioned a few times? Yes, I have. Okay, good. So it is the stressor. Sorry? I think the weight is the problem, the stressor. Okay, and, and, you, and, and so if I'm understanding this correctly, you're on some type of weight management program where you're trying to get the weight under control? Yes. Good. So I think that, that is probably, you know, part of the bigger problem here in terms of, you know, as, as the weight comes on, the muscles, the core muscles that uh, take care of the low back and core includes the abdomen, the glutes, all of the things that you've mentioned are going to become weak. Um, that weakness creates the chronic low back pain. It sounds like you're doing all of the right things in terms of physio, the strengthening, a weight management program. A lot of the times, the reality with these types of issues is it's not an immediate type of effect, right? It's a gradual effect 
uh, oftentimes uh, that is linear and related with the outcome on the other side. So as the weight improves, as you're doing physio, as all of as you're strengthening more, then as that goes up, then your symptoms should also come down. So there's this sort of inverse relationship um, that should be happening, and sometimes it just takes time. Um, you know, in terms of the specifics, uh, you know, that's where an assessment really comes into play. Uh, to and I'm happy to have someone call you if you like, uh, where we can set that up and and have a, a a longer discussion around this, get more of your history, find out exactly what you're doing, and see if there's anything else that could be added to it. But um, in terms of a mindset perspective, it sounds like you're trying to do the right things um, to get it under control, which is a lot of the times half the battle because a lot of times people just sort of don't want to accept the root cause, and you've already sort of accepted that, and that's a good thing. Sounds good. Thank you very much for your help. No problem. Thank you, Tom. You want to reach out, uh, do so, and uh, dig a little deeper for sure with Dr. Lou, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. that's D-R-L-O-U, and info at pinpointhealth.ca. Make that call. At least get an assessment happening and get, to get more information. 416-870-6400 is the number here for the remainder of the hour to call in live and talk to us. Peter, thank you for, uh, for being patient. How are you this morning? I'm well. Thank you for taking my call. I thoroughly enjoy the program. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate uh, it. Go ahead. Old. I've been told uh, that looks 30. <laughs> I, I have an athletic body. My problem is a number of years ago I started to notice I was getting restrictions in my hand. It was diagnosed subsequently as Dupuytens contraction. Right. It's progressed quite severely. Uh, this, yeah. I have thickening of the tendons. My pinky finger, you can actually see the tendon protruding through. Right. Um, I'm using my hand. I continue to use my hand. I'm not in a in an occupation that uh, requires me to, uh, you know, I'm I'm not in a labor sort of occupation. Right. Um, it's starting to happen now on my my other hand. I've spoken to the specialist, and he says, and and I just simply cannot believe this. He said to me, we don't understand Dupuytens contraction. There really isn't any remedies for it. We can go ahead and and relieve the tension on the tendon, but there's no guarantees that it won't come back or that there won't be subsequent problems from the surgery. And, you know, I just cannot accept that over time. My finger's going to collapse, and there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you're not going to like my answer because I actually agree with that surgeon based on what, like the, the evidence out there. It's, it's, it is sort of a strange thing to understand. Um, some of the surgeons that I work with like have tried injections for it. But again, it's like this temporary thing. And then uh, you can try the release. And, you know, sometimes it does work very well. And then there are other times where it doesn't do anything. And then there's also times where it could make things worse. Um, I think that discussion in terms of, uh, you know, what are the chances of any of those three specific to you are better had with a surgeon um, because they, they, they're the ones that would be doing it. But I, I actually tend to agree, unfortunately, and the problem with a lot of things out there, and this is where, you know, this is the musculoskeletal health everybody thinks is so simple, right? Like where, you know, pain, injury, all these things, it's, you know, it's a mechanical thing. We should, we should know it. And, and it's almost some of the most complicated stuff that we deal with, a branch of, of pain and injury in medicine. So, um, you know, I, I, Peter, I hate to sort of, I, you know, I, I like to be real. I, I, that's what I try to do on the show. That's what I try to do with my patients. But I, but I have to be real in this case, and I don't want to give any type of false hope or anything. Uh, I think I tend to agree with that opinion that you stated there. So uh, it might be worth 
you going ahead and trying. Again, I would discuss with, with the surgeon in terms of, well, what are the likelihoods of any of those three options happening, those scenarios? And then you'd sort of have to come to make an informed decision um, yourself, um, obviously, because it's, it's your hand and, and it's going to affect you. So it does, at the end of the day, come down to you. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's sort of where um, I, I would lay my hat on this one. Okay, well, no, we have discussed the injections. And, again, he said to me, the only thing a cortisone injection is going to do is alleviate some of the pain and possibly possibly give you an extended range of motion. And I said to him, is it going to stop the progression of the finger bending? And he said no. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I mean. You know, and and I tried to allude to that, that it it might help delay some things, but um, in terms of a cure, it's definitely not a cure, and, and surgery maybe works maybe doesn't work it really does depend on the case but uh okay. yeah it's just unfortunate that's just the extent of of what we understand about uh about that type of problem unfortunately well thank you so much and i will no continue problem. to listen thank you thanks peter thank you peter thanks for your uh, your time this morning and uh, please follow uh, come back follow back with us when you get some answers uh at a later date please we'd like to hear about it 416-870-6400 870-6400. Lots of time for you to call in here. Still remaining time on the Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 1144, we are right back at it here. The Pinpoint House Show, 416-870-6400. The number to call in live here over the next uh, 15 minutes or so. And ask your questions after the show. You can reach out, no problem, uh, 1-855-55-DR-LOU. That's D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. And the Lou Down is the podcast series, which has been around for some time now. And some great stuff to uh, to be learned on that as well with all kinds of different guests from uh, from different avenues of healthcare. And beyond, again, the Lou Down is the name of that. 416-870-6400 is the number to call in. you still got plenty of time. we got plenty of room, so uh, so bring on your concerns. You know, going back to Tom a couple yeah. callers ago who's uh, suffering with the back pain and, and, and admittedly is, is, is not doing enough exercise, he says, as he should be, plus he's carrying around some extra weight. I don't know what the ratio is. I mean, there's all kinds of numbers out there, but I've heard that two-thirds or 66% of the world population suffers from obesity. And I don't think, okay. and you've mentioned on past shows as well, how much how much uh, emphasis can be put on those extra couple of pounds having, never mind 30, 40, 50 pounds, an extra few pounds on the front of your belly can have a detrimental effect on posture and how much back pain you feel. I've been yeah. there, man, and I yeah. still am. It's it, it's, a, it's a real concern, right? It is. And, and I mean, let's, the other thing to be real about this is that there's also people who are in great shape and have chronic low back pain. So it's not yeah. like like being thin and and having low body fat means that you won't have low back pain because that's the one thing that's consistently true with low back pain is it's so multidimensional that that we can't just say it's there but what i can say is it's definitely not going to hurt to eliminate that right it's so so if anyone is overweight and, and and i love people like tom who i see who 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 have dialogue with me who know the source of their problem and know the underlying things. Because, again, when I, when I said to him that that's half the battle, I, I really meant that. I think a lot of the times when it comes to healthcare in any sense, 
it's really coming to the realization, okay, what is, and oftentimes people know themselves, okay, what is the underlying problem here? What is really the, the bottom in terms of, of where does it fall on to me as an individual to also make a change? Right. And, and, and I and I really appreciate people that come to that because health is something that is true to you. Right. And if you're always relying on something external to make you healthy, that's not going to be the case. And I've and I've met people that are the opposite of Tom. Right. Where they have an underlying issue. They're unwilling to accept that they have a problem yeah. that they contribute to. And they're just trying to look for a source or a cure that will eliminate that. And, and that to me is a big problem. I think there has to be an onus put on yourself. Um, to come to that realization. And really, once you do that, like Tom, you move in the right direction because it sounds like he's doing all of the right things. It's just, you know, these things can often take times and they're not necessarily a straight line that's all the way up all the time. There's ups and downs throughout it. So I think it's a really, really important thing that, that people do come to the realization of for themselves. Like, and again, I think most people know it and, and, and they just sort of either lie to themselves or they don't want to accept it. And, and I think there needs to be a shift in always looking to blame, uh, you know, whatever else it might be and, 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 yeah. and reflect in and, and say, like, is there something more that I could be doing for my health? You know, could I be healthier? And again, I sort of started the show and I forget which caller it was where I spoke about all cause mortality. And again, like I always say this, it's really not rocket science. We, we know based on research that if you eat a diet, uh, uh, if you live a lifestyle that includes a healthy diet, and that healthy diet has variations where some people want to be focused more on keto. Some people want to be focused more on whole grains, whatever it may be. The one thing that we know is as long as these things are like real foods, like, you know, not something processed in, in a factory somewhere. And, and, and the fact that you combine that with moderate physical activity, people tend to do better with that. And if you're living that type of lifestyle where you're eating real food and you're exercising again, and exercising doesn't mean, you know, you need to you need to be an athlete, an elite athlete. It means, you know, you're active. You're not just sitting all the time. And right. people know when they're sitting all the time or when they're spending the vast majority of their time sitting, not moving around. I mean, get out, go for walks, all of these things. These are simple things that everybody can do um, that really contributes to decreasing all-cause mortality. And, I mean, we've we've had specialists on the show in the past, in the last few months, that spoke about this in relation to COVID, about just how having a healthier immune system might play a role if you do get this, right? If you're overall healthier. Um, and I think it's important that, again, there needs to be a focus on this. And I don't think it's spoken about enough, but people really need to focus on, okay, what are the small things that I can do to drastically improve my health? And a lot of these things aren't massive undertakings, right? Like anytime I meet a person that still smokes cigarettes, you want to do something to improve your health? Stop smoking cigarettes. No Stop kidding. smoking anything where you're taking some type of smoke, a carcinogen, and putting it in your lungs. Like if you're still doing that in whatever form, I, I just don't know how anybody can come to the thought that that's healthy, right? If you're going to, I think, it, and you know, if, alcohol. If you're drinking to the point where it's not in moderation, and we all know what moderation is, maybe a few <laughs> glasses of, you know, a, a week is fine. Right. But if you're drinking to the point where, you know, it's it's getting a little bit out of hand, what are you doing to your body? Um, and, and so these things consistently show up when we look at causes of different things. There's often a link where we see and I sort of mentioned it to someone else, like where we look at, OK, obesity, uh, bad diet, smoking, uh, alcohol use. 
these things are never great things. They, they can oftentimes yeah. lead to problems. We'll take a short break, get back to it. you still got some time to uh, have a call and get some answers, at least get down the right road anyway. 416-870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.54, Saturday morning. Still got a few minutes here if you want to call in and ask a a question about your health. No problem, 416-870-6400. Yeah, I think there's going to be, uh, you know, when when COVID, like we said, kind of backs off a little bit, we get back to some normalcy. I think there's going to be two schools of people out there. There's going to be people that are aching to get out and get back to regular exercise within, uh, you know, a crowded environment or otherwise. Just get out there again and be part of life. And there's going to be the other half that you're going to have to drag these people out of the house because they've been told to stay inside and watch TV until this thing is all over. So I think you got a bit of an uphill battle as a health practitioner. Maybe look at some of these people coming into your clinic going, man, i got aches and pains because I haven't moved, Dr. Lou, in four months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a challenging time ahead of us for yeah. sure. I, I mean, and, and, you know, I think, again, it was important to stay in and do all the yep. things and still continue to do all the physical distancing and follow the rules. I mean, that, that's the only way these things are, are designed to help us all at the end of the day. So we have to follow these rules. Um, but it will be a challenge for these things. Now, the one thing that I will say is I, I think, you know, health in general is not related with a specific center. Like you don't have to have a specific center to make sure that you're staying healthy. Um, and, and, and I think it's important that people realize that even within your own home, within a very small space, there are things that you can do that keep up your physical activity. I mean, e- eating is something that, you know, just get, get better choices, use better foods. Again, it's not rocket science. Everybody sort of knows inherently what the right food choices are. And then somehow... Um, really incorporate activity. I mean, I get it. You know, maybe it's not the same as going to a fitness center, but it does. And that might be from a more of an aesthetic perspective, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be from a basic health perspective, right? Again, moderate physical activity three to four times a week. And and that means like getting your heart rate up to, you know, 100, 120 beats per minute, depending on your age, your size, whatever, all these things. That can be achieved with a simple walk. Like, we're not talking about anything crazy. And it's beautiful out. It's been a beautiful summer so far. Oh. Like, get out, move around, do some very simple things. Um, even if, if that's your excuse, there are tons of things that you can do um, in, a, in a small setting. Like, one thing that gets, like, people just forget about is things like simple modified crunches, uh, standing squats, push-ups, like all yep. these bare basic exercises that, you know, uh, are just foundational and everything. There are ways to to still keep active and doing things, and I would encourage everybody to somehow find a way to still do that and keep active for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny, and I have friends who who run gyms, and and I I know you're familiar with him, Daniel, at uh, Radix Performance in Oakville. I mean, he's been posting videos since this thing started, people grabbing, like, you know, they're grabbing uh, bottles of, of bleach and using those to do biceps yeah. and shoulders. I mean, you can, there's so much you yeah. could do out there within your own house. No, it's uh, not a gym. It sucks. No. I get it. But you can still compensate, right? But it's, it's better than nothing, right? It's better yeah. than the other option where it's just absolutely nothing. And so, I mean, you know, that that's something. One, one other thing, John, because I know we're getting close to the end of the show and I probably yep. have only a few minutes. 
but you know again because i have this platform i want i want to put something out there that i think is really really important one of the things we deal a lot with at the clinics and and the other companies that we have are car accidents um and and oftentimes car accidents are you know simple soft tissue injuries and things like this but in other instances like what happened a few weeks ago with that mother and her three kids in brampton i actually went to high school with her she was a few years older than me so so I, I knew her on, on a more personal level. We weren't best friends or anything like that, but she is definitely someone that I, I grew up through high school with. And to, to hear that story and, and relating it back to, um, you know, what happened with the person driving the other car and that erratic behavior, again, my sort of on this platform is anybody listening that's in, in the role of policy. I really, and because again, I even see on the very mild end, the, the fender benders, all these things, cars are a dangerous thing. They're, they're not, this is not a joke. And when people go excessive and do these crazy things, I really do think there should be stricter penalties around these types of things like stunt driving, whatever it may be, speeding even. And so again, that's just my two cents on this. I know this is a healthcare show. But I think what happened there is a horrible thing. My, you know, I'm, I'm so saddened by, by everything for the family. But anybody listening in policy, I, I do believe stricter rules should be in place around that. Man, you show me the paper, brother. I'll sign it 100 times over. That'll, uh, that'll be it for another show. You'll want to reach out now. Do so. Pinpoint Health Show. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. See the Lou Down long-form podcast. The Lou Down is how you search it. And, of course, one eight five 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 doctor Lou as well. We'll catch you next weekend right here at Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.